To the 10 things I love about you, my decade in radio by Polly James, supported by Radio Today. Uh, so welcome to the Women in Radio episode. If you're listening to this one, first of all, thank you very much for your time. Super excited for you to hear this. Secondly, I want you to know that in this episode in particular, this isn't going to be a big extreme feminist moan or outcry about females being treated unfairly and gender pay gap and other stuff like that. For me, over the last 10 years, I've had a very positive experience working in the industry as a female. In fact, I felt my most empowered as a woman whilst being on the radio. Now, I'm not saying that's the case for every woman in this industry. I'm sure it isn't. I'm sure there are many stories that need to be told that are different to mine. But on this episode... I'm going to try and focus on, as I say, the positives, highlight the great women that we have in the radio industry, hear about their journeys, uh, their inspirational stories, and uh, my guests are going to be perfect for that type of thing. But, you know, as always, anything goes. Who knows what we'll dip into? Mainly, I want you to finish this episode feeling uplifted, inspired. I want you to have a belly full of fire and passion to go forth into the radio industry or whatever industry you're in and kick ass. All right. So uh, finally, we've managed to uh, synchronize our diaries and get together. And as I say, super excited to be joined by these ladies in particular. Yet saying that, there are so many women in the industry that I look up to and respect from behind the scenes. Uh, the female producers, the production staff, the engineers, fellow on-air personalities, anywhere in the radio world. They're all my motivation to push myself to be a better radio presenter every single day. Um, so my first guest is my radio day one uh, from the Absolute Radio Days, as I call them. We crossed paths when I was on weekend overnight and she would take over from me on, on weekend breakfast. Uh, there was a big Welsh spark between us. Um, the most lovely person in radio, super sweet, hugely talented, famous for saying at us instead of tweet us on Absolute Radio. It's the wonderful Vicky Blight. Yay! <laughs> Any excuse to drop a that. I uh, know, that's right? That's me. Um, how are you? Yeah, this just, is really cool. We've not been in the studio together for ages. I thought, well, I think the last time was was in Absolute Radio, wasn't it? Probably. All those years ago. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for coming on the, the Women in Radio podcast. This is kind of exciting because I know that you are a, a staunch advocate when it comes to, you know, females in the industry and just super excited to have you on and just to get your take on, you know, how your journey's been as opposed to mine. And obviously we've got a special guest coming on in a second, but Can't how's wait. things with you? What are you up to at the moment on BBC Wales at the moment, right? Yeah, BBC Radio Wales. So uh, I'm still doing weekends, which which is, is great. And I do um, some stuff with uh, BBC Sport Wales as well, the football phone-in with uh, a quality guy called Rob Phillips, who is a, a massive football yeah. commentator here in Wales. Um, yeah, I've been at the BBC for... Well, back at the BBC, I should say, because mm-hmm. um, I sort of took took the break to go to yeah. Absolute and then went back into the BBC. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think I've been on uh, BBC Radio Wales now for... I think it's coming up towards three years. I think oh, since I left Absolute. It. So, um, so yeah, it's it's going really well, and it's a completely different type of radio for me. I think um, I feel really lucky to have experienced, you know, commercial music radio, uh, to have done speech radio, to do specialist radio, uh, mainstream stuff, uh, early's afternoon sport every all, single time yeah, slot yeah you know that's that's what you got to do these days you got to be flexible um and um yeah i feel i feel really kind of lucky to have 
to have kind of been around the block, so to speak. Yeah, but that's um, great though, and that's why people do look up to you. That's why I look up to you because you've done. You so look up to me, of course I do. I thought and that you're was so only small when... as well. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I thought that was only when you were you were on your knees drunk. <laughs> um, careful what you say, you know, Vic. Blink right. neck. Um, look, yeah, so excited to get you on, but we have got another special guest on today. Someone who can really give us a, an insight into what it's like to be um, a woman in the industry because she's seen both sides of it. And I think someone who's not only a brave human, but an extremely talented and successful broadcaster um, was doing my job on Capital Breakfast in Yorkshire up until, five, well, four years ago. Uh, now after, well, that four-year break and a huge huge personal journey. She's back on air at BBC Leeds. It's Stephanie Hurst. Yes. Woo-hoo! Oh, goodness me. <laughs> Look at that intro, Steph. Okay? Should have been like a big drum and stuff like that and like a great big like sound effect and, you know, big claps oh, and Oh, this is your life. All like <laughs> retro. Echo and everything. Oh, all that kind of stuff. I oh, know she's, she's dropping the skills <laughs> I already. I know she see? is. Well, look, um, Steph, what I want to say first of all is congratulations on your brand new show because I know you've been doing that a week and one day. How's it going? Yeah, a week. I've not broken it. I've not taken another <laughs> fare. Um, I'm Always using this stuff. crazy... Yeah, exactly. I'm using this crate. You'll know this, Vix, actually. Um, I don't know. At BBC Wales, are you on VCS or are you on Radio Man? We're still on <laughs> Radio Man, which is... So, right, you'll know this. A, a journey in itself. <laughs> it is a journey. So, you know when you've got something playing and if you move something up the log and accidentally touch the item that's playing, it stops it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fun and games. Whoever designed this, I want to track them down <laughs> and not hurt them, but just have a, just have a chat to them. That's can we all. do just, just a word? Can we do like a Thelma and Louise road trip <laughs> oh, to absolutely. track this person absolutely. down? Because I, I, I just, share I, your pain. <laughs> this month, I've stopped two songs so far in a week, um, which is actually you know it's quite good for me actually because on Capital I was stopping them all the time. <laughs> it was, it was part of the charm of the show, I guess. I, I think the old, my old show, I wanted it to sound like, if you could describe a show in a, in a kind of vehicle type way, it would be like this: this vehicle has got three really good wheels and a square one. <laughs> hey, and that's, that's probably it that. sound a bit that's, clunky. That's probably pretty good now with all the bloody potholes and crap that's going <laughs> yeah. on after well, this winter. Yeah, so actually. you know, a square wheel, I think, will suit you quite well. <laughs> I was going to say for people that don't know Steph, can you just, in a nutshell, and I know what you're going to say, Steph, because I did pre-warn you. Can you can you just <laughs> give us, uh, or tell us exactly in a nutshell what's happened to you the last four years? Uh, the last four years, um, quit my job. Um, so I did the breakfast show on Capital Yorkshire for, gosh, 11 and a half years. I did breakfast for 15 in uh, across commercial radio stations. But I did it, my, the, the length of the show, really, was, was the one at Capital, really. So 11 mm-hmm. and a half years. Then I stopped because I knew from being a child that my gender was wrong. I knew that it was clear as day. I'd battled it my entire life. So I stopped it, grew some boobs, and had the Lady Garden installed. <laughs> Excellent. That's, that's what it, I wanted. Really. Do you know what though? Yeah. I um I I want to draw <laughs> draw attention to this. I I yeah. don't know whether um Steph you remember, but I was the last person to interview you as Simon. You were? It no was way. At, it was in Leicester. Yeah. And um it was at De Montford University. It was um it was yeah. like a student thing, wasn't it? Radio Academy. Um uh, yeah, it was, I think it was a SRA thing, actually, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, and um, it was. we were talking about breakfast radio and, and various bits and pieces. And um, and yeah, and, and I think I think you went on 
was it you went on Five Live maybe like a week or so later? It was really soon no, after. Do you know what? The chronology, the chronology of this is actually the day you interviewed me was the day I did my last breakfast show. Wow. Um, and I had a week off the week after and decided that that was, that was it, that I was stopping. And, this, and, and we'd had a conversation about me stopping anyway. And I thought it was a really good point to stop. So I did. So that was my last show, actually. And the thing is, I knew and I couldn't say anything to anyone. And that was kind of my last, the probably last event that I, I represented Capital Art. It's oh, crazy. crazy. Yeah. So, you know, back then, obviously, you said you knew, but no one else knew. So, like, looking back, I can imagine, was that exciting for you because you knew what was happening? Or was that a bit of a, still a dark time of uncertainty? or Real uncertainty, really, because I, did, I, 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 I knew what was going to happen to me professionally. And I, I knew that I'd come to this decision, that I needed to stop. Uh, but I didn't know what was going to happen to me in my day-to-day life. I knew that, that trans people were um, attacked, maimed and killed in, in, in certain areas mm-hmm. of the world. And I'd, I didn't know what was going to happen to me, but I just knew that I had to be my true self because I was either going to kill myself or, or just end up in this in the pits of desire, desi- uh, just, just in a mess for a long time. Like Vic, what about you? Did you, any inkling? No, not at, at all. all. I mean, I, think, I mean, then a week later, it must have been a massive shock, right? Yeah, and I think um, you know, kind of obviously knowing Hursty as Hursty on Capital Breakfast, and and um, you know. Uh, knowing what I did about about you professionally and a little bit personally as well, um, I I thought on that day there was something there was something there was ah, something was different. That? Was well, that's cra- interesting. It was the crap hair, wasn't it? <laughs> I wasn't going to mention. Really rubbish. I wasn't going to mention you. Everyone out your was hair. going on at me, just going, "Cut your hair, cut your hair." Can, and you I were like, "No." Oh, not- so you had like long hair then, right? It was growing out. Okay. So well, it was. It you was kind of had like out, yeah, little so. a little ponytail, I think. Um, <laughs> And yeah. um, and so we announced it a week later and then I did the Nolan interview on Five Live in October. So after that, I went to that, me and, because Moyles was off, he wasn't on breakfast on Radio 1 anymore and we've known each other forever. And then he was going off to LA and he said, well, come with me. So we, we ended up in, both in LA together in this in this beautiful house, just chilling out for a while. No yeah, way. But that's probably what you needed. And I think my, my question yeah. is actually through all of that time, you know, I know how much you love radio. Like it, you don't just love it. It, you are radio. Like it's part of who in you your are. Blood. And, um, yeah. and also the fact that you've been living uh, your life up to that point um, as the wrong gender. How you felt um, like you've been sort of trapped in in the wrong body and not being able to sort of represent yourself fully. Maybe you you you're, you're talking about choosing choosing like a really big uh decision to kind of go do you know what I'm going to become a woman and I need to change my my identity this is actually me are you saying that there might have been a risk with a career as well Well, I mean it must have been like for you it must have been a, a huge thing because when you chose to you know to to kind of go through this journey did you make the decision based on well, that could be it for radio. Will I do radio as a woman or did you never doubt that? Um, I guess in a, a naive way, I assumed that I would be able to just carry on and that was quite naive at the time looking back. Hindsight, wonderful friend, always late. Uh, I just assumed that I could... Trans- as long as I looked okay, um, I thought I'd be a fat, I'd be okay. 
And I thought, well, I, I'll do a load of work on my voice because I could always sing a little and I could I could go lots of different places with my voice. I did have a vocal injury um, mm. by bringing Gareth Gates on stage, of all people, in about 2001. <laughs> and I'd hosted a big party in the park in front of 70,000 people. And then he was the headline. I think he'd come second in Pop Idol. I screamed Gareth Gates. And I cannot tell you, the pain was indescribable that I felt in my throat. I, I, I did some serious damage to it that day. And it's only, I mean, it's really hoarse now because I've got Botox injections in it because I recently had um, some vocal surgery, which fixed the injury because I was constantly having trouble with my voice. It was really hoarse. Um, because, And this is one of the reasons why I couldn't get where I, in the vocal um, training that I had and everything, because hormones don't change your voice. Mm. You have to physically do it yourself <clears throat> and retrain it because... Inside your neck, there's lots of muscles and it's muscle memory and all those kind of things. Uh, but I, I was struggling to get where I wanted to get because I couldn't get there because of this historical injury. So I I recently had that done in January and I, after I'd had it done, I couldn't speak for an entire month. I couldn't say a word. I, I, I couldn't whisper. I mean, whispering is the worst thing. You can do more damage. You know, it, it took, well, what, four years of, of training and an operation to fix an injury to get me to where I am today. Whereas I just assumed, I guess, when I transitioned that I'd just still be able to go into a radio studio and do it. And I had a year off and then the BBC um, in Manchester um, asked me if I'd like to do something uh, on a Saturday night. And I did a 90s show. And when I first started that, it was hell driving back because I'd listened back to that night's show on the iPlayer and I, I couldn't see the road for tears because oh. I couldn't do it. I just, I, I was... I remember what, pulling, why couldn't you oh, do it? What, there's the, what brought the tears on? Yeah, I still sounded like Hurstay. I still sounded like um, I used to do it. It just, sound, it, it just sounded all wrong. The whole style of it and everything. I just it, it, and, and thank you to the BBC. Thank you to Kate Squire, the editor at Manchester, because she she gave me this this gig on a Saturday night, and it allowed me to find myself. It allowed me to find my style. I mean. I've always been a woman and because my, my brain formed in the womb um, as yours did, both of your brains formed as female and are in line with your, your how your body came out, whereas mine formed opposite. And this is because biology is such a wonderful, vast, incredible thing. The fact that when you're pregnant, how many scans do you have to make sure the baby's fine, everything's good? Uh, and then, you know, some children can be born with limbs slightly different or learning mm. difficulties. And this is all down to biology of how we form in the womb. But you can't really tell if the brain is forming opposite to what you come out looking like. Because until that child or that person can vocalize how they feel, you will never know. But, you know, there's a huge disparity between my mind and body. From from five years old, I, I knew this. I just knew when I was put with the boys well, no, my natural state of comfortableness was over there with the girls. Mm. So I had this battle going on forever. And I got to a point, yeah, I could got to a point in the radio studio where it would, I, it would make it go away being in a radio station. I could mask it because I loved radio so much and I adored being in the building and being around other creative people. But actually, when I got to a point in my 30s where I, I couldn't continue because... It was it was eating me alive inside the radio studio, and, and that's when I knew I'd got a problem. I, I, I struggled with getting out of bed daily and and being myself. But radio kind of it kept me going. But I would be in the studio in the morning, 
I'd see the daily newspapers and how the press uh, portrayed trans people was horrific. It was like you're on the bottom bottom rung of the ladder um, of, of acceptance. It's like it was literally that's how people were deemed the bottom rung of the ladder, disgusting. And it was just, it was horrific. So I saw that for years, how people who were trans were portrayed on TV and, and in, in, in print. It was, it was awful. So I, I thought, well, I'm going to lose my career, I, I, but I need to be me. So I was actually, in answer to your question, was actually I was willing to lose mm. radio to be happy. It was survival. Mm. Do you think the reason why, listening back to your uh, Radio Manchester shows, and made you so upset is because you'd made this massive decision to become visible as Stephanie and you'd put all this work in and you were living for the first time the most honest version of yourself and possibly you were saying about your voice maybe the last thing to adjust to your new mm. life and it was that one that one aspect that that was kind of linking you back to um, Hursty and 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 to Simon that that yeah. you that and maybe that was why it was so upsetting because you just wanted honesty and 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 visibility for the first time in everything you were doing. Yeah, I guess it is that. I think I, I wanted authenticity and and what you, I think I come out and then people see you and it's you know it was in the newspapers and everything. So there's a pressure to be able to to blend in it. And I was I was very lucky in the fact that. I'm five foot seven. I I, I never had an Adam's apple. You have I've amazing legs, yeah. <laughs> by the way. I, these, yeah, apparently these legs are good. Those yes. legs are so good. And I responded really well to hormone therapy as well. My body changed incredibly because I think I, I was very late starting puberty. So I think my body thinks it's younger than it is. So I, I really responded well to hormone therapy and things softened very quickly and everything went to plan. So... Um, someone did say to me, oh, you have passing privilege, which I, I, I wasn't even aware that that was a thing. But I think trans people oh, wow. um, say that in the fact that you pass in privilege and you pass in public, which means you don't get stares or get shouted at or abused at. Whereas people who are six foot two, maybe of a stockier build and the hormones don't, you know, take as, as much of effect as they as they would do on someone that's younger. It, it makes it a difficult journey. And I, f I find that really heartbreaking in the fact that society can't understand that we're all different, every single one of us. And, you know, you've just got to love your fellow human being, haven't you? You're, you're the way you like to be treated. Absolutely. And I was going back to the passing privilege. I didn't even know that was a term, which is kind of cool. But yeah, when, when I, yeah, absolutely. When I first met you, though, Steph, and I don't know whether you can remember this, Vic, you were there. It was at the O2 and it was the SRA Awards. I, I think it was. And uh, and I saw this. Was I that saw the this first time you met Steph? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. I'm and, with you. I and, know what night you're talking about. Yeah. And I and I saw this. I think you were wearing a white dress, and and you super confident. And you walking through all the tables. I was like, who is that lady with those legs? And I was like, oh. And everyone was like, it's Steph here. So I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, she looks banging. And then obviously went up to you, met you, and the first thing I said to you, Steph, was, oh my god, I've got major envy, and I touched your boob. Do you remember? <laughs> Yeah, I do now. Do you? I, do. Yeah. Oh my I was like, damn, they're a good job, man. Firstly, uh, where was I? So, and yeah. secondly, 
Uh, you, yeah, I better not do it in front of Vic, just in case things got a little bit crazy. Such an inspirational story, Steph. The way, the way you can speak about it openly, laugh at certain things, will encourage so many people to be open-minded and appreciate what you went through. And now it just must be so nice to be your true self on air. You know, For me, there's no holes barred when I'm on the radio. I'm very forthcoming with information, which I believe is how it should be. And that's what I love about being on air. I mean, I, I want to I go deep in, but I think it's probably not right on this episode. <laughs> Maybe we could have a transgender episode, which I'd love to do. You're I more think than we should do that like one. an LGBT. Oh, that would be good. We've got two letters know, covered literally. off right now. <laughs> I, I think we could possibly class you as bi um, with your obsession with Halsey right now. Oh my God, yeah. So, um, so uh, we just need maybe like Matt in and he can be oh the G. Oh my gosh, yeah. And, so we're all um, in. Yeah. And then, you know, we can Perfect. just just keep Ticking adding. every adding, box. Yeah, just keep adding to the collection and that would be, that would be but, cool. Um, Look, so, I mean, you've had the contrast, Steph. What is it like working in radio as a woman as opposed to when you were Simon? I don't... It's really funny because I think a lot of people I work with in radio um, know me from old, although I am starting to meet people who don't know my backstory. And working at the BBC, I'm, I'm coming across people who have no idea what I've done. Uh, there's people in television or in media in general that have got no idea of my past at all. And when they find out, they're quite shocked. Um, and I don't know whether that instantly changes the way they treat me. I don't think it does, actually. Um, I tended to play, I tried to play the alpha male because I think I was hiding away from my, I was, I was in denial and I was trying to hide away from my true self. So I cranked up the alpha male to very spinal tap, 11, if I could. <laughs> the incredible privilege of having lived in both camps, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. You know, spending my formative years and, and teenage years and, and 20s into my 30s, um, I suppose, as, as a male or, or being, you know, seen as a male, even though my brain gender was female. Uh, and then transitioning and... You know, having conversations with women as I do now, women are funny. <laughs> and the thing is, as a as a, when when I was looked upon as male, uh, I never saw women being as funny as they are because I think we 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 tend to play it cool in front of guys a little bit, don't we? That's and true. We, we tend yeah. not to, to, to share again. as much. We don't share things, do we? But actually, when we're all together, it's it's hilarious. Oh, I have just seen women in a completely different light. <laughs> I bet you're now, you are. You're now privy to so many conversations. You, that you, you need to spend a night with me yeah, and Vic. But, but it feels, <laughs> in yeah, many ways, feels the most love. natural thing in the world for me. <laughs> yeah, it feels the most natural thing in the world yeah. for me, whereas before it was just like, you know, when I was there, it just... Yeah, it just wasn't pleasant being with all the guys. Not that I didn't, you know, love my male friends and stuff, but mm. women are funny. And I think when women are allowed free reign and allowed to, to, to share their thoughts, I think it can be incredibly engaging. The differences I, I, I've seen over the years, um, and I, I think you don't see this anymore, I saw women shoved down the, the schedule, or you don't see women... Uh, called travel tarts anymore or stuff like that but I did and I, I did witness that and I saw women not get the big gig I mean the thing is in this day I mean on commercial radio I mean there's there's how many women are actually hosting national breakfast shows or breakfast shows actually on radio anchoring them mm -hmm. themselves I mean I can think of Ada on one extra 
There's on uh, talk radio, there's Julie Hartley Brewer. There's, I think there's one or two on BBC. Yeah, some it, local BBCs. The numbers are small, aren't they? Yeah, yeah I think... Local BBCs, yeah. Local BBCs have put um, women at breakfast, uh, I think, you know, um, in the last sort of year or two, I've noticed those appointments. But but it's exactly that. And I, and I don't know, Steph, I mean, you know, obviously Polly's celebrating 10 years in the mm-hmm. industry. I've been in it, I was figuring out, 16-ish. Um, uh, I won't ask you because I, I know, you you know, shouldn't ask a lady her age, let alone how long she's been in radio. Um, well, I, do you know what? I thing is, thing is to me, it sounds a long time, but I started when I was 12. That for me, there's been quite a kind of decade shift. I don't know if you've noticed this, Steph, but I think yeah, when I first yeah, started yeah. out, um, I, d- I don't know whether it was, I think it was so habitual to have, you know, a girl on breakfast, and I say a girl, not a woman, a girl on breakfast, you know, someone quite young, be the the wall for the the male anchor to sort of, you know, bounce his squash ball against. Yeah, um, yeah the and, foil. Yeah, and I, <laughs> and I just think um, that no one questioned it because, well, I don't know. Was that I, just I don't format, know. wasn't it? Well, I questioned it because that's not what I wanted to be and that's not how I enjoyed radio and I think because I started out on student radio at university and I was doing a specialist music show so for me my radio show came from a background of of knowledge and wanting to share Mm. music and artists and and talk about live performances and 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 I think you know I was coming at it from that side and that's how I came into the industry with with this great passion for for not just broadcasting but but for the actual content um I could think of nothing worse than than sitting in the corner of the studio and just being, you know, my mic being controlled for me every, you know, 15, 20 minutes and just reading a travel report. Having said that, I did do travel reports on yeah, breakfast same. shows when I was at university. I worked for AA Roadwatch. I was doing my degree and, and it was great experience of being in radio and, and chatting to people down the line and, and kind of into getting to know timings and, and radio clocks and all this all of this gumph that we we now take for granted having yeah. been in it a long time but so you know th- there are there are the opportunities there to, to enjoy radio but it but it was those girls um who then became women but were still staying in that position so it wasn't like they used it as a, a way of learning and moving on it just seemed like they got stuck as you know the sidekick and yeah and there's this misconception as well that one that maybe women can't drive the desk as well i mean i've worked with men that have just assumed that i don't drive a desk yeah i love it when you're like i can drive the desk they're like whoa yeah and i find that a little bit offensive because Mm. it's the assumption that you're not as technically minded um which you know where are they getting that from and and also the fact that um you know i've been around guys that that just they believe they're funny but they don't believe that you can be funny. And and I don't know, I think there's that... Th- this is where I see a parallel with female comedy and stand-ups. Mm-hmm. And when I chat to women who um, are comedians and are trying to, you know, carve out a career in comedy, they find it doubly hard because they almost have to prove themselves twice, three times over. Yeah. Um, because there is this general rule, I don't know where it comes from, but that women aren't as funny as men. And I don't, and I'm not saying that everyone thinks like that. And I don't think it's as simple as that. I wonder whether it's about confidence and yeah. whether we, you know, through the decades now, 
um, and for women coming into radio now, they are more confident because there's more visibility of yeah. strong women um, in comedy and on radio and doing sport and all the things Polly yeah, yeah, has yeah. explored in her podcasts. <laughs> um, and I think hopefully women come in with more confidence now about what they can do. But but I know when I started, one, I was really scared about not being able to drive the desk, two, doing a breakfast show, but not actually being able to speak or, or have any of my personality come out. And three, I, I was scared to death of, of being just the token lesbian as well, because 16 years ago, a lesbian on the radio wasn't talked about. You were encouraged not to really? come out. Um, I was told not to talk about it. Um, and I was almost fearful of people finding out that I was gay um, because oh. I thought that would hold me back as yeah. well. So, so it just shows you how far things have changed in 16 years. And I just wonder oh, whether, gosh. you know, yeah. Steph, whether any of that rings, rings true, true for yeah. you as well. Well, I must just say, Vicky, I mean, Lord Reith is currently turning in his grave, both me and you on the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> right now. There's rumba. If you hear a little earthquake, it's Lord Reith just banging and just turning in his grave. Oh, what is going on? <laughs> Flying. Yeah, what the is going flag. on? Oh, oh yes. Um, I, I, do you know what? I must. I, I think the BBC has as it's attacked from all angles, and it's an incredible organisation. An organisation as big as the BBC can't get things right all the time. It really can't. But I think one thing it has done, it showcased how good women broadcasters are. And I think because of the BBC, commercial radio has gone... Actually, women are great on the air, aren't they, as solo, as, as solo presenters? Sports is a really obvious one. And I've got a good friend, Michelle Owen, who was on the sports radio podcast yeah. with me you know, a couple of months back. But sport is one of the areas where we've seen a massive change in the last decade um, especially. I mean, we've always had phenomenal sports broadcasters, people that are confident with with the content, like Claire Balding or yeah. Gabby Logan or, um, you know, Hazel as well. And, and all these really strong sort of BBC um, women sports anchors who can do the job just as well as their male counterparts. And, um, and I think, you know, we see more and more women in those roles now and and confident about talking about sport and things as a result. And I just hope that with the changes that continue to happen in radio and the fact that people do ask questions of why, why is why don't you have a woman anchoring a, a solo breakfast show on a commercial station? Why don't you have a, a woman anchoring a, a sports show? Uh, why don't you have a woman uh, hosting a phone in? Um, all of these questions are now just common because... We, we now have got uh, the millennials coming through and, and it's just question everything. Like, who says we can't? You yeah. know? Um, so hopefully in the next 10 years, um, we won't even be having this conversation. You know, it, it will be a distant yeah, memory. I was, I was just Fingers thinking crossed. that actually. I was just about, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. We won't be having this. This conversation will not be happening because the millennials that are coming through, the ones now, you know, just going into university, uh, wanting a career and having a, a career in radio, they'll just think, is that how things were? It'll be almost laughable, won't it, to how when we look back and things we've just been talking about now, it'll seem incredulous that those things actually happened. And it's funny that you say, you know, 10 years, 16 years ago, you were you were scared to 
the, the fact that you could have lost your job because you had said on air that you were a lesbian. Yeah. So listen, there, there is this there is this old urban myth, and I, I couldn't find any research on this to support the myth itself. But women don't like listening to other women on the radio. I mean, I listen to you, Vic. I love hearing you on the radio. Yourself, Steph. I, yeah. One of my inspirations for getting into radio was Fern Cotton. I thought she was blinking brilliant. Edith, Sarah Cox, you name it. I love listening to women on the radio. Um, that urban myth is a load of bull, right? And yeah, women exactly. shouldn't be scared about getting into radio because of that. See, I just think in my mind when I heard that, <clears throat> I thought to myself, well, it's because you're afraid of women taking your job. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's that. Literally, that's that's the thing that went through my mind years ago when I heard that. I always, I always fought for for great women broadcasters on the air. Mm. Um, I always did, and I, I worked with some incredible. I remember there was a, a and it's such a shame that she's she's not on um, radio as much as she should be. There's a lady called Emma Scott who was known as Red Hot Emma Scott. Yeah, I know um, Emma. Yeah. Years ago, Emma was just such an incredible broadcaster. This is the thing you look at if you if you're worrying as a as a woman, um, and maybe you're thinking, is radio an option for me? I think you you know you look back and you go, well, over the last ten years we've had like networking, so mm. you know so many presenters lost their gigs because you know many of the shows come from central locations yeah. now, so you've only got like live breakfast and drive, if that. And then you know so obviously there was a massive cull of presenters across the UK because of that, and then. Then you've got the fact that um, more celebrities, uh, more people from TV and um, actors and, and various other, you know, routes are now so interested and, and have their own love of radio. And there are more opportunities to, to try out different voices. And, and radio has changed from you don't necessarily need to be able to drive a desk or understand radio clocks. You, you can be an actor and just have a passion for a certain type of music. And, and you might do a one-off or a series of programs on a station. And, and that sort of opens the radio door for you. So, so, yeah. so it's always that thing of, well, how, where's my way in? And also, where do I fit? And can I be funny? Can I have my specialist subject? Can I follow my, you know, drum and bass callings or whatever it might be? <laughs> Is there room for me? And, and I think as we ask is there room for me it's become like an ever decreasing pot hasn't it radio yeah but the thing is so i feel proud at the fact that i'm in a industry that is predominantly full of males or you know is is driven by males if you like and and i'm out there and i'm i'm screaming to the to females i'm like come on in come and join us i, I read a, i read a stat the other day that is 80 percent of males working on radio and 20 percent of females working on radio now thankfully on capital on our programming team in south wales we've got six women and two men so it's the wow. reverse for us so i don't i don't see that i'm hidden from it in a way because it is switched with us slightly but you know this is an entertainment industry why aren't there more females wanting to get involved and um, you know why is it still uneven I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it's it's down to the 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 pool of talent is 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 just not there. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm guessing in in the future it will be. Um, but maybe right now the it, it's not it's not there. Maybe it's down to to some of the programmers. But and I, I don't want to be you know remiss of anybody who's you know um, um, content controller or anything like that. But mm. but they're not allowed. And I please forgive me if, if any content controllers are listening to this. 
Um, but n not a lot of them are allowed to make um, decisions. If you want to hire a new jock or someone like that, you, you've got to go up the food chain. You've got to go right to the top and ask, can you hire this person? Whereas years ago, you could get a demo sent to you and you'd listen to it and you go, they're quite good. I'll give them, I'll give them weekend overnights. And then you'd, they'd progress onto weekend daytime and then maybe when that shift came, comes up for cover on, on, on weekday drive mm. or something, you'd give them that and you'd work your way up the schedule. Whereas now, as, as Vic was saying, you know, the opportunities are less and less because of, because of networking yeah. and stuff. Um, radio has, has, has changed massively in the last decade, hasn't it? Do you think as well, though, like, you know, we're talking about opportunities for women in radio and obviously the content controllers and the editors and, and just generally as an industry we're more aware now so people are trying to make female appointments and get more women on radio but is there a danger that if you force someone's hand like you must put you know you must balance your schedule yeah. you must have at least two more females on your radio station mm -hmm. that in in panic or in speed of doing it possibly the wrong people get the job as in not as talented um, and you want the best person to get the job, right? That you've actually got then male presenters missing out. Yeah, I Because agree. they're actually more talented in that instance if you were putting them up against each other. You you might have you might have it almost working in the opposite yeah. way. And I'm just throwing it out as just because, you know playing so, devil's advocate. Yeah. But but if if then we put women on the radio just for the sake just of putting women. We need more women, and it's, it's ticking a box. But then, if they if they haven't had the training, if if they if their talent hasn't been mm. cultivated, if they're not ready, then men and women tuning into the radio hear this woman on the radio and think, "Oh, she's a bit rubbish." <laughs> oh, I don't like yeah. women on the radio. And does yeah. it then damage? You know, yeah. it's, so point. it's so there's there's a fine line, isn't there? So you're saying that there's that eighty percent worth of males working on the radio as opposed to 20% of females working on the radio and that's just just purely because of the talent pool. Well, I don't think it is purely, Not purely because of it, but yeah. I think if someone tries to change it for the sake of changing it in terms of if there's a pressure there to go, right, we need 50-50 right now, Yeah. Okay. then what if people are just pulled mm. in that don't necessarily have the ability or the talent or, or the passion or, you know, they're just doing it, oh, maybe it's a way of getting famous or whatever they they think and then what if that then mm. almost decreases the value yeah, um i'm just i'm just throwing it out there as an opinion oh, you, should not be a, necessarily... you should be a pc you but, should <laughs> <laughs> but but <laughs> i think people should be just hired on their ability yeah I, yes. regardless Absolutely. of gender if you're a good broadcaster and you know you've got incredible talent because i always believe it's a you know talent look and not what you know who you know if all of those things those planets align and you're on the air great Look, it's the whole thing, isn't it? You want to support your fellow females in the industry. But, you know, if um, looking at it from a programme controller's point of view, you want the best person for the job. And actually, we shouldn't be seeing gender just as we shouldn't be seeing many things that people, you know, still mm. do. And and I, and I think it we need to get, hopefully, in the next decade, we will get to a point where male, female and just gender generally yeah. is irrelevant and it will just be about the entertainment, the content, the programme, the personality, the right fit and something that sounds absolutely awesome. And if that is a girl, a boy, oh boy. Um, or, you know, anybody, yeah. um, and however they identify, then brilliant because that's the world we live in. Absolutely. I love it. Vicky for president. Woo-woo! Woo! -woo! Woo!
true. <laughs> um, uh, you've said now, Steph, that you're, you're at the happiest point in your career at the moment, in your life, in your personal life. What is the motivation now in your life to do these amazing shows? Um, who influences was, you know, your career goals now? I don't know who influences me, actually. I mean, years ago... I heard a, a guy called Kenny Everett when I was little and he blew my mind in the fact that it, it's almost like every show was a field of unpicked flowers and you can just go and create and he used, you know, technology and tape and all sorts of stuff to create these masterpieces. Um, whereas, whereas now, I, d I don't know actually, I think it's, I have this indescribable drive that I will not be beaten and I, I, I don't know where it comes from. I, I definitely get some of my, the drive from my mom. My mom's no longer with us, but she was, she was a, she was a strong old boot God love, God lover. And um, yeah, she never let anyone beat her. She, she was a real, she was tough. So I think I, I definitely get the drive um, to, to. It's almost to prove everyone wrong, isn't it? Because mm. I'm sure. Uh, that that lots of people, when they heard I was transitioning, was that, right, that's them, done then. Never going to work on the air again. No. Yeah. Just because I'm, you know, just because of my the shell that I'm housed in, uh, I need to change. Why does that make me any less of a, a, a broadcaster? I, I, I just, I sweated for hours and hours and hours to learn my craft I was in Radio Air in Leeds from 12 years old. I had a studio in my bedroom. I would sit and do segues. <laughs> I would sit and go from one song to another to be able to hit the post and the vocal on the song and to learn how to go from a fast song to a slow song. Once I'd mastered that, it was down to the art of being a storyteller, getting great stories and telling them on the air. So it's all these things that, you know, as the, the ability was there. It, it was just, I think, I think some people doubted me. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to prove you wrong. Oh, yes, I love it. I, I genuinely, and I've never said this, I've never said it publicly. I am. And if anyone doubts me, I will prove you wrong. We'll be right behind you. Yes. Honestly. Sorry, I, d I felt like I was getting no, on no. my high horse. No, uh, no, 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 I didn't mean to, but but I think that there were some people who who, who did. And, you know, I, I, I've proved you wrong. You know, I, and the thing is, when I... Um, You've done it the I, best I way. Over, yeah, it's the ultimate. <laughs> you it know, I, You've I, done I it the best to, way. I tried to do it slowly. I didn't want to rush things. I was offered gigs and I turned them down because I knew that I wasn't ready yet. I wasn't ready. I wasn't in a place. I still needed some time out. You know, being in a radio station, as I said, from 12 years old and dedicated my entire life to radio and I needed some time out and just doing a weekend show was enough for me. I was. It was nice to just do my Saturday night show on BBC Radio Manchester and I, I loved it and I still love it. I'm just about to sign another contract to stay with BBC Manchester. Um, but actually, a day-to-day -day show was like, no, it's not right. And then BBC Radio Leeds came and said, look, here's a... I mean, the BBC are, are changing the way local radio operates uh, in the fact that, you know, slightly skewing the demographics, slightly younger, 
Um, not too much, but but ever so slightly. Um, and the cutbacks are not happening that that they talked about. Tony Hall, the Director General last year, said the ten million pound cutbacks are not going to happen. They're giving autonomy back to each station. The music's changing, and they came to me with a with a blank sheet of paper and says, "Look, here's mid mornings on BBC Radio Leeds. Would you like it?" And it's a blank sheet of paper. You can do what you want and that that's the dream i know right it's the dream and i mean that yeah it is the dream that is is a kick in the teeth to a lot of your haters you getting asked to do that show mid-mornings bbc radio leads but how do how do you and how will you measure your success now when when will you you walk out of that studio and think yep done the job i've proved everyone wrong when will that happen on my first show, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, 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 was it that, fa- me, that Facebook it's... status that you sent up? And I just thought, I, and I felt as well, I was like, I bet you there's loads of people that just didn't see this in the future for staff. And this is like, I it's ridiculous, it's a Facebook status, but those words and you putting that out there on that platform for everyone to see just must have been amazing. Yeah, the thing is, I, I, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to ram it down people's throats or anything like that. And I've been, I've been Yeah, you did, you should have. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you know what? I try and do things yeah. classic, like less is Dignified. more. I mean, when I first came out and I did the Nolan, in- <laughs> yeah, when the, I did the Nolan interview and stuff. I mean, we got offered money, and you know, all the red tops wanted the story, and I turned them all down. And I, I did the Telegraph uh, Independent, and was it the Times? I think, for, and I didn't take any any cash for it whatsoever. And I, I've turned down so much stuff because I just didn't... I, I want to be seen as a broadcaster. I didn't want to be seen as a as a trans activist, you know, standing on a pedestal, banging the drum for trans... No, actually, the way I'll change perceptions is trying to be a good person as best I can, treating people the way I like to be treated mm. and, and being good at my job. And, and I think that's pretty much it. So that was the moment when I came out from doing that first show, I thought, job done, that's yeah, it. And amazing. I think now... For me, it's not about doing, you know, the biggest network national show, actually. It's just about being on the air. I enjoy mm. being on the air, being behind this microphone. I enjoy it. That's we all do. Yeah. We all do. And <laughs> Polly, because we haven't really asked you. Is this not about of, me? Yeah, but it is. I just 10 <laughs> years in radio. But I, I want to know, you know, from your point of view, mm. um, you've mostly, you know, you've worked... Am I right in saying you've worked completely in commercial radio for those 10 years? Absolutely, yeah. So in terms of, you know, we were saying, Steph was saying about the BBC and it tends to be, you know, leading the way and and hopefully providing a few goalposts for commercial stations to follow. Um, Have you found difficulty being a woman in radio? I mean, you said it's been, the majority of it's been really positive. But have you had any incidents or have you had any moments where you've, you've been made to feel like a, a woman in a studio or it be slightly degrading or something you're not comfortable with? I can't I can't say that I have. And I, you know, we've all taken different journeys, different paths into the radio industry. We've worked with different people. We've worked in different TSAs, on different stations, on different, sh- on different time slots. And, you know, for me, as I've said, yeah. over the last 10 years, it's been the best 10 years of my life. I've absolutely loved it. And it's been a smooth ride. But, you know, I've always been really focused in what I've wanted to do. I've always had a clear image of where I've wanted to be. I've worked hard. I've been proactive. I've remained realistic about the future and what that holds and what my next move is going to be. And, you know, as you say, I haven't I haven't had any difficulties being a woman in the radio industry. I am very confident. You know, I like to push the boundaries in and outside of work, but that's just who I am as a person. And, um, you know, I've, 
I've got a great team around me as well, which have, you know, especially on Capital Breakfast, it's on Capital Breakfast is mainly all men working on the team. And Matt, he honestly brings out the best in me all the time. And uh, he's absolutely amazing to work with. And I, I couldn't be more lucky to have a co-host like him. But just before we go, I wanted to ask one more question. And, I, and Steph, we were talking about this just before uh, we started recording. But we were talking about, you know, how important it was for groups like Sound Women, for example, because you've done a couple of talks with Sound Women. That's not a thing anymore, the Sound no. Women group, is it? But no. they, they disbanded because they didn't feel they needed a group anymore. Which is great, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Um, I was very proud to 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 speak on behalf of Sound Women, and uh, but yeah, it was decided that that it, it wasn't really needed. The, mm. the change that they wanted to make actually happened. Um, so yeah, more female producers, more females in in across the board actually in technology on the air. Uh, uh, the the change did happen over the period of time that Soundwomen was active. So um, I think it was job done really, wasn't it? And the fact that Soundwomen felt the need to not continue and that their work was complete to a certain extent means a bright and equal future for women in radio, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that in general, um, there's equality across the board in radio. And I think, as we were saying earlier, that, that as, as, as the generations change... And some of the people who have been in the radio industry for many, many, many years um, get older and retire and the millennials start to, you know, take those positions. Um, they wouldn't even think that, you know, that, that having um, a, a token travel girl on the air, anything like that, those things won't even be in their mindset, will they? It'll just they be, won't exist, they're right? a great broadcaster. Yeah, they won't exist. They're just, you know, they're a great broadcaster. They're on the air. That's it. Yeah. And I think it's it's going to be so fascinating to see what it's going to be like in the next 20 years. I think, like, from my perspective, I just I just always love to hear great chemistry. And and I think when I'm listening to shows, where, where, even when it's a, you know, a solo presented show, but if you can tell someone's even got great chemistry with the listeners yeah. and they're getting that response and, the, and it feels like they're talking to you. But, but again, when you're listening to a, a setup where maybe two, three people are in the studio and, and they're all, they've all got different roles, but, but you can hear they're a great team and, yeah. and they are poly mentioned it with Matt you know you're bringing out the best in each other and I think that's the key to great radio I think it's making appointments and putting people together that bring out the best in each other and I know I've done some of my best work when I've been pushed out of my comfort zone and been asked <laughs> to do something that I was all a bit oh okay we're doing that are we um and I'm I'm working with this person who I've never met before but sometimes you can really click you can you can really make something special and and you raise your game and it and it and it it reignites that passion for for this incredible industry and this incredible medium of entertainment and company and uh and and all of those things that that radio provides so i think you know my vision for the future my personal one would be i just want to hear great chemistry and great entertainment in however Absolutely, that comes yeah and let's pay tribute to to the incredible broadcasters that 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 went before you know look at annie nightingale who she's still on radio one to this very day and and broadcasters like annie mack who sounds just incredible on radio one there's there's debbie mack who who does um she does the mid-morning show on the bauer network which is networked and um, she's an incredible broadcaster. So, you know, these women have really forged forward for, for, for great female broadcasters, haven't they? I think mm. that's it. I mean, 
my heroes when I think about when I was starting out in radio and the, and the people I was looking up to were, were your Joe Wiley's because she was so um, prolific on Radio 1 at the time yeah. with the Live Lounge and stuff and and Janice Long on Radio 2 Overnights who is now actually doing the evening show on BBC Radio Wales which is just awesome because she's funny and I think we're going back to that whole thing of uh, do women like listening to women on the radio? Well, yes, they do. Yeah. And also... Are women funny? Are women as funny as men? Yes, of course they are. And actually, we have some phenomenal storytellers and phenomenal broadcasters um, that really will make you smile and and make you want to listen to the next show. And I think it's about making sure that the right women as well get the spotlight, get the same spotlight um, for all the right reasons. If I could say one word which encapsulates it all, it's about confidence. It's about women Absolutely. having the confidence to do radio, to be funny, mm. to stand up, to say uh, how they feel, to share their personality, to yeah. ask for more money, to do all of these things and, and be as bold and as confident. You went there, you went there with a the gender pay gap. You went there. Slightly. <laughs> Lightly. <laughs> gender pay cap, uh, klaxon. Uh, <laughs> you've got one of them, surely, Steph, on your little... Uh... Whip, whip. I should actually, I should have got a clack said. Gender yeah, pig gap gliss. Yeah. There we oh. go. <laughs> I feel really like I need to That's like a sprinkle, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's you dropping your pants on a Saturday night, my love. That is. <laughs> Right, guys, do you know what? Thank you so much. I could literally sit here and just speak to you all day long. I'm very, very new in this radio industry compared to you guys. I feel Oh, super... gosh, you're not. You've been no, on the air a decade. No, you're I know. A veteran. Uh, yeah, well, thank you. I mean, it. I, I, you've styled some... it out. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I feel really privileged to be in an industry with such strong women and strong personalities and thank you so much for giving me your time and your honesty and your insight and uh, there's nothing more than I love than that buzz I get when I see see a woman doing well or see a woman doing well in radio we've just recently had this new girl on air on the weekends and she's just killed her first show and I just I was filled with so much pride and I and I, I get that inspiration from you and I get it from Vicky and all my other counterparts in of women in the radio industry so thank you so much and if you're listening as well if you've got any other questions then you you know, I, I know that you're, you're super prolific on Twitter. Uh, well, Vic and Steph. So, um, yeah, hit these guys up and they're always around for a chat. This is what we do. We love talking. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm sure I'm going to echo Vic's words here. But, you know, people helped us, didn't they? And I think yeah. it's, you know, it's it's only right that we reciprocate that and, and help the next generation coming through. And that's why I try and do as much as I can with the, you know, as being chair of the Student Radio Awards. And uh, with the Radio Academy as well, being a trustee of the Radio Academy, I always try and give as much as I can to the, to the next generation coming through. So if anybody wants to speak to me, I'm just at Stephanie Hurst. Feel free to drop me a line or DM me or whatever. And um, yeah, I'll help as much as I can. And there we have it, the Women in Radio episode. There's so many people who have messaged me and tweeted me saying they've been looking forward to listening to this episode, so I hope it hasn't disappointed. But once again, thank you to our brilliant guests. Thank you, Vicky Blight and Stephanie Hurst for such an honest and open insight into their radio journeys and how they feel about women in radio and the future of women in radio. It's obviously in very good hands by what we've just heard. But um, yes, thank you very much for listening. 
listening. I want to say a big special thanks to Radio Today, uh, Roy and Stu, who have supported me on this journey. Um, also, I'm getting all emotional now because I, you know, I feel very uplifted. <laughs> supported me with this podcast uh, thank you very much to Omni Studio who are my podcasting hosts so as I say as always if you're listening to this on various different platforms it's because of Omni Studio a great podcasting hosting site and uh, and to you lot as well thank you very much for listening if you haven't checked out the previous episodes go and listen download subscribe rate and review if you've got any questions like I say um, then hit me up and uh, we'll hook up again next week two more episodes to go things I love about you. My Decade in Radio by Polly James. Supported by Radio Today.